Hello. Welcome to the podcast. This is Bizarre and Fascinating Details. I'm your host, Sarah. Darcy's right here with me. Say hey, hi, Dars. It's me. <laughs> it is I, it's Darcy. I. Hello. We're bringing you guys a straight up little mini episode for the day. And we wanted to talk about some stuff that's going on in the news, a couple updates on some previous cases that we did. Um, first and foremost, I want to talk a little bit about Mackenzie Luke. Mm. So we posted an episode about this back in July of 2019. The episode is titled Four Women, One Terrible Fate. And in that episode, we talk about Mackenzie Luke, Michaela Winston, Kelsey Barreth, and Jennifer Dulos. Um, so we kind of covered off a little bit on this young woman and what happened to her. And essentially kind of in a nutshell, um, this young woman disappeared from a park. She had taken a lift into a park after coming home from a flight from LA and disappeared from this park at 3 a.m. And, and she had gone to meet someone who was allegedly a sugar daddy. And this is in Salt Lake City, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you want to hear more details about that, go back and listen to the podcast that we did about that. But the man accused of murdering her is avoiding the death penalty now by pleading guilty to the June 2019 case, I guess. His name is Ajula Ajayi, or Ajayi, however you want to say it. I'm not really sure exactly how to pronounce it. I've heard it pronounced maybe like six different ways by mm. a bunch of different people. But he's a 32-year-old former Army IT specialist. And I guess he's pleading guilty to aggravated murder and abuse or desecration of a human body. And he did this last week. There were several charges that were dropped as part of this plea agreement, though. They revealed that he also pled guilty to forcible sex abuse in a separate case and will spend the rest of his life in prison without the possibility of parole. He obviously wanted to try to avoid the death sentence, Mm -hmm. perhaps. But um, this is just, they're hoping to bring some closure and justice to the Luke family. She disappeared June 17th, 2019, after flying in from Salt Lake City from California around 2 a.m. She took a lift from the airport, she was 23 years old at the time, to a local park where she was believed to have met up with a a Jaji. I think it's a Jaji. Around 3 a.m. Phone records showed that she started texting with him one day prior and sent her last text to him before 3 a.m. So they had previously said he texted Luke on June 16th, but didn't communicate with her after that. He also denied having seen a picture of her, despite having multiple photos Mm -hmm. of her in his phone. Her charred body was found July 3rd in a shallow grave about an hour from the park. So this guy, super creepy. Um, This seems like it's kind of wrapping up this case. I don't believe that there is a trial date set on this one. Yeah, I haven't seen anything. No, but just the story in general seems to be super creepy i also read that he he unhooked the video cameras from his house because he didn't want to have any evidence of her recording recorded at his house i guess maybe he took the body to his house maybe after he murdered her i'm not exactly sure i don't really know what the timeline is did he murder her and then bring her back or did he bring her back and then murder her like i don't really think that that is clear at the moment i think that people have speculated on it i think there have been stories that have come out and there have been various different people that have said they thought they knew what was going on but i don't think we're really going to know until the trial so this article from ksltv.com which is a salt lake local news station says that cell phone data placed them at the same at the park at the same time her phone sent last uh, stopped transmitting data at about 3 a.m which is what you said and that police tracked his phone from the park to his house and his phone arrived at 
his house at 3.07 a.m. He had to have had her. He he had to have killed her at his house. He picked her up at the park and and killed her at his house. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And after executing a search warrant at the home, detectives found a freshly dug site in the backyard. They found charred human bone, muscular tissue, and burned personal items they said belonged to Locke. So Luke. Is it Luke? It's Luke. Mackenzie Luke. I wonder Luke. if like he had planned all along to kill her, if it just like got out of control and escalated and he accidentally did it. Like it's just it's so hard to tell at this point, like what actually right. happened. They think he it was premeditated, but they don't know like how far in advance it was premeditated. Yeah. So Well yeah, because he had that story that he had written that was published about a charred body mm-hmm. and some things like of that nature. This guy just seems like a, a kind of a like dark horse sort of a thing Mm -hmm. like i hate to say it like that but like it just i don't think anybody suspected from looking at him or seeing him in just real life that he could be capable of such a thing right and he was on this sugar daddy website like in case you didn't listen to the episode and don't want to go back he had been looking for quote-unquote sugar babies someone to support financially a younger woman and begin corresponding with Mackenzie in this sort of a fashion and mm-hmm. she and after she went missing there were a lot of articles about kind of like quote unquote slut shaming her yeah. for being on these websites mm-hmm. like they tried to to without necessarily explicitly saying it there was a lot of um blame well, victim what blame. did she expect victim blaming yeah exactly yeah and then there was some issue with the there being cameras in the park and they mm-hmm. weren't functioning and why weren't they functioning and and how this needs to be more important for people to have cameras in different places to catch things mm-hmm. like this before they happen maybe deter crimes from happening in that way but it's a very interesting case so i would highly recommend go back and listen to our episode where we kind of chat about that and then of course as this case begins to play out in the news media we will provide more coverage of what's going on i don't anticipate Mm -hmm. that they will probably have a trial for this until late next year at the earliest right yeah Um, they tend to stretch these out a little bit even though it's supposed to be like you have a, a constitutional right to a speedy trial like, if there's other things involved, mental health evaluations, things of that nature, mm-hmm. then sometimes it can stretch the trial out a little bit longer. And then we've got the COVID stuff going on as well. Mm-hmm. So that adds an extra element of delay to a lot of these proceedings. Right. And there's no concrete definition of what is or isn't a speedy trial. Like, it's kind of, you go to you go to a trial to determine if your constitutional right to a speedy trial has been violated kind right. of thing. Right, right. So... Interesting. We'll keep you guys posted on that one. And then the other big one that has been happening this week is Chris Watts. Gross. Yeah. So um, in case you were unaware, we covered Chris Watts in a dual episode that we did. And it is actually our most popular episode until this point. But we covered it back. The similar stories of Chris Watts and Chris Peterson was our March 31st, 2019 episode. And um, it is our most popular episode. So if you're interested in that, go check out our story about him. But evidently there is a Netflix special about Mm -hmm. him right now um, where they're covering off on some of the details that people I don't think really were aware of before. Yeah. Um, So it's kind of brought his case to light a little bit more. Um, He's already been convicted and tried and is in prison. He's actually in Wisconsin, which is close to where I am. So I could technically go visit him if I wanted to. If you wanted him. (laughs) I'd be like, hey, Chris, you look Mm. super sexy. Um, But I saw that there's also been some 
talk about him corresponding with women, mm-hmm. like writing letters to women. So he's 35 years old right now and has been sentenced to life in prison for the 2018 murders of his pregnant wife and two daughters. And there's some little details, I think, that are coming out about this case that are kind of horrifying. Mm-hmm. Um, he spends his time in prison now, I guess, corresponding with multiple women. Gross. They say that he got a lot of letters, and many of them are from women who thought he was handsome and felt compassion for him. And How? he How basically he says that he had nothing better to do, so he wrote them back. Of course he had nothing better to do. Of course he's going to write back. I mean, They say he's really, really troubled, feels guilty every day of his life, regrets every second of what he did, and has come, basically found this religion in prison. And is, like, has a Bible with him everywhere and that he is essentially, like, become this, you know, model inmate or whatnot that other inmates are very, very curious about him because he's very high profile and mm-hmm. he's in basically solitary confinement for most of the day. Where, right. And he has a little bit of time out for exercise and to shower and whatnot. But they're keeping him segregated from the prison population yeah. because they're afraid that if he is out in any way, shape or form, then he's going to get injured at the least, murdered at the most. Yeah. But well, he'll get Dahmered, I mean, is what they're, essentially, they're worried about. Yeah. yeah. So August 13th, 2018 was when he strangled his wife, Shanann, in their Colorado home. And then he drove her body to a job site at the oil company where he worked and disposed of her body and smothered his two daughters, Bella four and Celeste three, and dumped them into like basically oil wells. He received a life sentence without possibility of parole and they say he was committing, he had committed the murders because he was having an affair with a coworker who thought he was already separated. This was this other woman, Nicole. In the days before the killings, Shanann reached out to her friends, sharing her growing concerns about her marriage and what she thought was going on. But she never suspected for a second that her life was actually in danger, right. I believe. And this is really interesting. Right. He's 35 now and sitting in this Wisconsin prison, has his Bible and family photos in his cell, which, interesting, right? And has received a ton of mail, I guess. Mm -hmm. Uh, More than 10, they said, when they asked to clarify. But, Hmm. you know, and all of them are friendly, according to what the sources are saying. Some of them are angry. (laughs) Some of them want to pray for him. And he gets letters also who want to connect with him romantically. And he responds because, quote unquote, he doesn't have anything better to do. He is in protective custody at the moment and only leaves his cell for an hour a day. He is not eligible for parole. It's interesting. They also revealed some information about how he had been this big fat guy. He was like 350 pounds, lost a bunch of weight. And that's when his marriage started to go south. Like he was fine with her when he was chubby and unattractive. But as soon as he lost weight, he started feeling better about himself. So that means he had to cheat on his wife and murder her. Yeah. He had mm-hmm. more to offer. There's been some speculation that he was answering ads on Craigslist. He was on multiple dating websites. He was doing all kinds of things. There have been men that have come forward and said they had sexual relationships with him. There's been all kinds of speculation mm-hmm. and news on this. And then one of the other things that I heard that was particularly disturbing was that he killed Shanann and the baby because he had promised Nicole that she would have his first male child. What the f- swear words? <laughs> That's twisted. Yeah, yeah. Um, And then there's, you know, people are saying that he's got a tremendous amount of regret for what happened. He wishes he could take it back and so on and so forth. But, I mean, whatever. You killed your wife and three children. 
Mm-hmm. And I haven't watched the Netflix thing. I think I will at some point, but the the little bit that I've heard is it's just, it's horrifying. Yeah, I don't think that I will probably watch it. I, I couldn't really... I could barely watch the Ted Bundy one, but like yeah. this one's a documentary, not a reenactment, right? Yes. This is a documentary. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, and apparently there's a lot of text messages that they, that they've uncovered that are in the, um, the, the show that, that that's why we're getting a lot of information about yeah. her having concerns that maybe he was having an affair or something like that. But, Can you imagine but, yeah. like having that sort of thing revealed? And I guess he's expressed his extreme discomfort with having his text messages revealed as well, which hate it go for F him. yourself. <laughs> you yeah. lost any right yeah. to Yeah, there's an article that, that was like, he's really triggered by this documentary, but he hasn't watched it. And well, it's like, you know what? I hate it for you. You murdered you know, your wife, your pregnant wife and kids. Yeah. So they're not going to let him watch it anyway. Like I, right. Who cares if he's triggered or not. Like you lost that, right? Exactly. Someone. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't mean to sound insensitive, but mm, F you Chris Watts. Have you seen the, mem- the memes online where they're like, good morning to everyone except this guy. And they put a picture of Chris yeah. Watts up. Yeah. So it's interesting because you see a lot of podcasts now that are covering the case to try to take advantage of the publicity from the documentary that has just recently come out. I don't think mm-hmm. I'll probably watch it. I, I have listened to probably four podcasts on him and read a yeah. lot of articles and watched, I think it was a 2020 episode about it. And I think that's about all I can stomach of this for now. Yeah, I'll probably get around to watching it at some point, just but out of curiosity, because I've seen so many people talk about yeah. it, but... But, you know, you do that to your But babies. I need to be, like, in a place where, yeah, yeah, where I can, like, handle that because it's supposed to be just awful. I've seen a lot of video, too, of him playing with his little girls. Oh, have yeah. you? See, I see. I haven't paid nearly as much attention because you did the research yeah. for that, that case. So I haven't paid as much attention. Like, I get, I see the news headlines and I, like, send them to yeah. you. And that's kind of it. It's so, so sad. I haven't been, yeah, I haven't been nearly as immersed in it. It's as so incredibly have, so. sad. And then there's a bunch of, I mean, sh- Shanann documented, like, everything. Like, she filmed it. Mm. She, like, did all these videos. She was doing a lot of Facebook live feeds and things of that nature. And there's a video of her revealing, you know, that she's pregnant again with the baby Mm. and telling him and like just the look on his face is just like, it's disgusting. You can tell he's not happy. Mm. And he's like, yay. And you're like, he could barely muster up enthusiasm for it. It's so gross. Wow. And it's like, I feel sad and I feel compassion for Shanann because she was trying to save her marriage. She was trying so hard, but she was, I think, so determined to fix it and to save what was there that she didn't um, see the signs that he was just Mm -hmm. a douche. Mm -hmm. And I think that's pretty common. I mean, I have had friends that have gone through divorces where they don't realize until they're on the other side that it was as bad as like from the inside, it doesn't seem as bad as it does to people on the outside right. kind of a thing. Well, we've all been there. Um, like I'm, until, I'm not yeah, until they're like, out of it. I just feel mm-hmm. so much compassion though for this poor woman because she had two children with him at some point mm-hmm. in their life together. There had been a very good relationship and she just wanted that back. She right. didn't want, you know, to leave him. She didn't want to badmouth him. She didn't want to hate him. She didn't want a divorce. She wanted to fix it. She just wanted to right. recapture that. And I think that's what a lot of us do. We think about the good times in our lives. We focus on that and we just try to recreate it whenever we can. Mm-hmm. And it's just, sure. 
extremely sad to me that this was hidden and that this existed within this man and Mm -hmm. was unleashed on this poor unsuspecting woman and these two innocent children. Right. And I mean, yeah, and we're and by no means are we saying that any of this was her fault. It's absolutely not her fault. She just she was in love with her husband and wanted to salvage a marriage. And he was a slut. What? Yeah, he was in a completely (laughs) different place than her and decided that the only way out for him was murder, which I don't even know how you get to that place. I, I can't even get take my mind there. Yeah. Like what kind of mental disturbed disturbances do you have that you're feeling and you come to feel as though eliminating someone from the planet is the only option that you have. Right. And it's just like, get a divorce and I get it. You're going to have to split things and you're going to have to, you know, have some awkward moments. It costs money, but you know what? You didn't commit murder. You're not in prison for the rest of your life, but yeah. It's not a better yeah. life to be in prison right. when you kill someone. And no matter how smart you think you are, you're not going to get away with it. <laughs> DNA evidence, number one. Yeah. <laughs> you're not going to get away with it. You will get yeah. caught eventually. And is living the kind of life where you are always looking over your shoulder because you're afraid you're going to get caught really better than what you have if well, you get Well, and also knowing what you've done. Yeah, Always, like always but, knowing what you've done. And again, that, I mean, the people that do these kinds of things are psychopaths. They don't have mm-hmm. a conscience. They don't have emotions like normal people do for the most part. Some of them do. But I think sociopaths and psychopaths, they don't have the emotional reactions that normal people do. And they don't feel guilt and remorse. Right. The only time that they feel any kind of feeling is when they get caught. They feel that regret. Yeah, they feel guilty for getting caught. Because they got caught. And like, not because they did the crime. And that's why I'm like not entirely believing that he's got like he's found this religion and he's become this born again like i i don't know how much i believe all of that like what else do they have sure, in there though you know you've got to have some kind of hope for something well yes i do see that and i know that people turn to religion at times when they're really really low and that's very common but is it really because he's he's looking for something greater in life or is it because he's trying to curry some kind of favor but, and mean, that always knows? looks plays well. The only you know thing, I mean? the only way that we would know that was by knowing what's inside of his heart and his mind. And yeah. the only one that knows that is him and, and his maker. So uh, more power to him if that makes him happy and that gives him some form of solace and he can, you know, have a productive life because of it, then great. I'm all for it. But I'm just not sure I buy it. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't think it's 100% genuine most of the time for yeah. a lot of the people that do things like that. But I mean... Who am I to say? It's just, I've seen so much deception on his part by just watching mm-hmm. these videos and, and clips of him and seeing what he's done in the past that it's really hard to, like, think that there would be anything genuine about him now when he never has yeah, been exactly. really in the past. He's had kind of hidden this dark part of himself that was there all along. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, that's kind of how I feel about it. Like, wh- I don't I don't know that this is really because you were looking for something or if this is because you got caught and you're trying to manipulate people again. Yeah. You know, what I mean, just some of the stuff he did, you know, sneaking around mm-hmm. and, you know, deceiving and lying and hiding and, you know, playing different people in different ways. And, and it wasn't just women. It was men as well that he was lying to. So it, I, I don't want to come off as, you know, man bashing and man hating and things like that. This was just a, I think if he was a man or a woman, it wouldn't make any difference. He was a deceptive person and mm-hmm. he had created this you know, veil of lies that he 
had given to everyone and shown to everyone, not just his wife. So right. I don't want to make it into a man-woman thing. It, this was just a very sick person in the head mm-hmm. that perpetuated this crime upon his wife and two small children. And, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's gross. It's just awful. Terrible, terrible, terrible thing. And he's paying the price for it now, so... Yeah, and if you are somebody who thinks that it might be interesting to write somebody like this in prison, just think twice. Just like maybe like take a walk and just reconsider that and then put your pen down and don't do it. I mean, here's the thing, though. I would consider writing to someone, like to talk to a serial killer, but not romantically, only because I'm like interested in serial killer. Like, That's what I, I mean. would love to interview Ed Kemper. Like that would be like my dream. Am I interested in him romantically? Hell no. And these women right. that That's are, what I mean, like if you're, if, you, if you're like, ooh, I look, I think Chris Watts is cute. Yeah. And like, yeah, Gross. I know what he did was awful, but n- just maybe put your pen down and go for a walk. Yeah. The virtue of the, f- the fact that he killed his wife and two small children, just to me automatically, if he had any kind of attractiveness to him would kill that. I don't, yeah, I don't see how you can look at him and view him as, as attractive Period. knowing what he did. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, end of story. <laughs> I think mm-hmm. we pretty much bashed that one into the ground. Yeah. Chris Watts, it's gross. End of story. He is gross. Um, and if you watch the documentary series on Netflix, shoot us an email. Tell us what you think. We're interested in other people's opinions on this as well. I suppose now yeah. I'm going to have to go back and watch it. Damn it. You may have to, yeah. <laughs> you may. You can't go on a podcast and talk about something if you haven't checked it out, looked at it, researched it, and... Yeah. So, um, I will try to watch that. And uh, right now I'm making my way through Dexter again, watching yeah, that series show, again. I, here's the thing. I, this is off topic, I know, but like I tried watching that show, but I cannot get past how bad of an actor the sister is. Yes. Oh my she's God. Terrible actress. Yes! And I cannot get past that. Like I look at it oh, and I'm like, complete, I can't get into the story. She's awful. I, I'm completely taken out because I'm just watching this and I'm like, she's so bad and every time i say that to somebody they know exactly who i'm talking about yes. before i even say i'm the sister yes. and they're like well she's not that bad she no, gets better and no, i'm like i can't do it no. i cannot do it she's always crying first of all like literally almost every scene with her she's crying or whining about yeah. something and second of all like she's just a to me she's very unattractive well and it bothers me i just she just i'm just completely like watching her try to act in the scenes just completely takes me out of yeah the storyline and, and the same way with the female police chief yeah at the beginning of that too LaGuerta, she was not very good La- either La- yeah and and that's i mean that's as far as i've watched because i'm just like i can't i can't yeah i can't follow the storyline this yeah. is so bad the so. only reason that i'm really watching it is because i'm almost finished with my first murder novel murder mystery novel mm-hmm. and I, there's some stuff about a serial killer in it. And I was trying to, number one, find realistic dialogue to add. Mm -hmm. And number two, kind of see what somebody else's take on a serial killer was. Not that I want to use Mm. that for mine, because I just don't feel like he's a very realistic serial killer, but Mm -hmm. it's what kind of what not to do as much as what to do for me. Mm-hmm. Just some of the lines they have in that movie are just so cheesy that it's like, oh my mm-hmm. god, really? And unbelievable, like the storylines, like really, yeah, really. And I look over at Mike yep. and I'm like, are you for real right now? And he's like, it's a show, it's it's TV, just take it for what it's worth. It's not real life. I, just, I can't, I can't say in the storyline. But I've been watching it as I'm writing and editing and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And I have, I think, 450 pages now, and I'm just doing like the final editing on 
the last, I think, probably 15 chapters, and I'm just adding dialogue and little, you know, details mm -hmm. here and there um, as I'm getting ready to get to the publishing phase. And I want to make sure that what I'm creating is realistic, is believable, right. is, you know, based upon something that could be construed as, you know, what's what actually happened in real life. Right. Um, and so I've been watching that series because it's really kind of one of the only ones that's out there that has a lot of episodes that where there's conversation and storylines and all kinds of other stuff. But some of these mm -hmm. storylines are just unbelievable. Really, you've got like that many serial killers in that space of time in Miami. Right. <laughs> Same thing with like, like with Psych. Like Psych is a little is a silly show, but yeah. like the number of like murders that they have, I'm like, you expect me to believe Santa Barbara has this many murders and serial killers? Well, actually, I did look up the rates of murder in Miami, and and it's realistic. There's hundreds but not of them each serial year. Serial killers? No, um, and not every case that they investigate is a serial killer. Right. But like, it's just it, it's hard to believe, you know, that they have this many interesting cases in one city. Yeah. Yeah, like, that require a blood spatter analysis. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. So, and then just kind of the way Dexter describes the scenes and it just doesn't strike me as a realistic reenactment no. of a forensic person either. <laughs> so no. I'm like, this is, this is interesting. Yeah. Um, so, and then that so many people would try to kill him and he'd be in so many accidents and so many things where people try uh -huh. to kill him that like really... Like, one yeah. person would not be dealing with that much. Right. Like, would not be kidnapped that many times. Would not be attempted murder on this person that many times. Like, come on. This is right. not realistic. Yeah. But, again, it's a television show. And I guess we're supposed to take it for its entertainment value. Even though the actress that plays his sister drives me nuts. Yeah. So, anyway, I haven't finished that show. I, I tried. I couldn't. I watched maybe two seasons. And I was like, I'm out. I can't do it anymore. But Well, the first five seasons are decent. But then when you oh get to God. the, like, sixth and seventh and eighth season, I think there's eight seasons of it. When the last, I'm on the last season now, I think. And it just has gotten to the point where it's so stupid. Like, really, there, yeah. there's nothing else you could do but this. I've heard the season with John Lithgow is amazing. Yes, and that one's a good one. The, um, the season finale or series finale is very, like, hit or miss for people. And that's literally yeah. all I know about it. The one with Tom Hanks' son was kind of cool, too. Oh, yeah? Um, yeah. That's a good one. I think that's, like, the seventh season. Okay. It's after John Lithgow. Yeah. I've heard that season's um, incredible. Yeah. And then for the sister to fall in love with so many, like, serial killers, really. Oh, they really? have her do that? <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> her first, you know, she got engaged to a serial killer who was Dexter's brother. And then, you know, she <laughs> was in love with this guy. And then, like, she gets the creepy cop like on the take as her boyfriend it just it's like really she's a cop first yeah of all. second of all she's not going to get herself yeah. into these kinds of positions she's, she would have to be doesn't have good taste stupid as hell <laughs> not a and good judge of character dexter <laughs> she's just like uh spoiler alert i thought they were brother and sister <laughs> stupid they are but they're not blood brother and sister oh dexter was adopted oh his real mom was killed in front of him he was rescued from her bloody death scene in blood with his brother. Oh. His brother and him both end up being serial killers, which is... What? It seems just completely ridiculous. Yeah. Okay. See, this is this so, is what I... that Like, that's how little I know about Dexter. So, wow. All so right. he gets adopted by the cop that rescues him. Mm. Right. And he grows and, up with the sister. He grows up with Who the then sister, falls in love with him. Who then ends up falling in love Gross. with him. Gross. <laughs> yeah totally <laughs> and it's like you think to yourself well what happened to the other brother why didn't they take both the kids and it just it ends up being very unrealistic and very right. like contrived 
in in weird ways. Right. But mm. anyway, neither here nor there. <laughs> I'm watching it because <laughs> yeah. it's like there's not a lot of good new stuff out on Netflix that I haven't either looked at or poo pooed. Mm-hmm. So I'm cut, going through the classics, <laughs> playing <laughs> not the that old Dexter's hits. a classic, but. <laughs> Anyway, I will be ready to send you the manuscript on that soon. Cool. And let you get your take on it. Because what I want is for somebody to read through it and be like, is this realistic? Is this, you know, does this track well? Does this connect with this? Or is this completely out in left field? Right. So, yeah. Cool. Is it believable? Cool. So I'll probably have that next week. Yay. Ready to go. So stay tuned, listeners. I will be probably plugging that on the show. Awesome. <laughs> Sweet. Right. Um, anyway, let's wrap the episode up for the day. This little special midweek mini episode for you all. And we're going to go ahead and ask you to rate, review and subscribe. And if you want to speak to us or tell us your take on Dexter or any of the other topics that we talked about on the show today, you can email us at the BFD podcast at gmail.com. What is our media, social media? Darcy? Uh, yeah, we are at the BFD podcast on both Twitter and Instagram. And if you were going to write Chris Watts instead of doing that, write us. Yeah, this is like so much, so much more productive. Um, in any case, please join us again next week when we talk more about weird, wacky, and wild topics. Good night, podcast peeps. Stay safe, keep it real, and always live your very best life. Bye. Bye, guys.